0: Welcome to Doing Good. I'm Rob
1: Alvarez. And this is Kathy Wynn. Each week we aim to bring you amazing stories from everyday people who are taking on life's challenges.
0: Both big and small and along the way doing good for others.
1: We hope you enjoy these intimate conversations and thank you so much for listening. In this episode, we talk with Kathy Cow. Kathy has endured more loss and trauma in the past decade than most people experience in a lifetime. And through all the struggle gained a renewed sense of self and energy to help others. Please enjoy our emotional conversation with Kathy on the real meaning of strength from within.
0: Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. Your story has been, to me, quite extraordinary. But um, we'll start with kind of the present. I, I heard you're kind of in this journey to fit. Can you tell us a little bit about it and, you know, why?
2: Sure. Um... So prior to having the aneurysm, I've always been into fitness and being active. Um, So after the aneurysm, it was difficult to take five steps. It was difficult to do anything because of the neural fatigue and the dizziness. Um, So after my full recovery, I decided the only way to battle With feeling tired and sluggish is to get back to fitness. Um, So I started with the minor things like going for walks on the beach to, um, you know, slowly running a mile, two mile, and on and on. And as it progressed, it became a habit, it became something that I consistently did every single day. And it helped tremendously with the sluggishness, with just being tired all the time. Um, So my motivation to the fitness journey is just to better myself, to give myself that energy that I didn't have a year ago or two years ago.
0: Uh, So is there, um, I think you... We were talking a little bit earlier, and you, you kind of mentioned that consistency of of every day doing something. So has that kind of changed from how you kind of approached fitness or, or physical activity before um, your aneurysm?
2: I think it did, um, because prior to the aneurysm, you always think you're healthy. You never think anything is going to happen to you, you know? So... You get lazy, you work out three days, and then you go a month without working out yeah. again. And, and you know, in your mind, all you think about is, oh, I'm healthy, nothing's going to happen to me. Um, but once the aneurysm happened, it definitely changed how you look at life. You know, the things that you take for granted. Um, not knowing what your health is going to be the next day. So... With that, um, the consistency for me was a blessing, being able to do the little things every single day, being able to get out there and just run, work out, do things that other people can't do. Um, And for me, that's like, it, it pushes me. And that's why it became a habit. It became something I consistently do because I keep telling myself like, you have to do this regardless how you feel. Because a year ago, you were in the hospital just waiting to die. And here you are today, you know, don't take advantage of it.
0: Is there sort of a mental aspect to that consistency as well? Like, is it does it help get yourself kind of in the right place when it comes to fitness or your your workouts?
2: I think it does because, you know, in everything you read, It talks about fitness boosting that mental attitude, that mental prospect in life. When you're having the worst day, just going out for a quick run, it totally refreshes you. And it changes your mentality from something that was negative to being positive in a split of a second. That's how powerful, you know, fitness really is.
0: The story that you wrote for us on we run with you.org, that kind of that blog post was um, emotional yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> definitely that's that's a word to to describe it i mean i think
1: i think any he, anyone that uh has read it and their response to me was she has endured more than one human can handle yeah so you know before you go into uh we we go further into your uh your your story, your life let's just say i I'm sitting here and I'm just like i i still you know I thought I had it hard um but the fact that you know you you've you've endured so much physic- you know emotionally and then physically but yeah so all the power to you, Kathy. You know, I, <laughs> I, you. I, I could totally understand how where you know, the mentality of staying fit and you know keeping consistency, but golly, everyone, you have to read her story. Um my goodness. Battle scars, by the way. We run with you.org.
2: I've always seen this quote online that talks about when you're when you're able to tell your story without crying, that means you're, you've built this, um, this strength that takes years to build. And for me, I feel like I've got to that point where talking about the stories um, is not as emotional as it started with, as in the beginning. So um, in the past... Ten years, I've lost my brother uh, due to suicide. I've lost uh, my first husband due to heart issues on Valentine's. Oh, wow. Um, And I lost my second husband due to uh, cardiac arrest, mountain biking. And then a year after my second husband's death... I suffered the ruptured aneurysm. And that was oh. all in a <laughs> ten year period.
0: Oh yeah. Wow. I think just one of those things can and would leave a person broken. I guess how do you think you were able to get through those those events and move move forward
2: with your life? With my brother's death, it was more of a denial. It was kind of like, okay, uh, let's just continue on with life. Let's just go back to work and act like nothing ever happened. Um, And then when my first husband died, I treated the same way. I was in denial. I just kept moving on with life, went back to work, um, took care of my daughter. It wasn't until um, when the second husband passed away, everything kind of came and hit me all at once it was like a a split second flashback of everything that has happened in my life and i think personally i think i was going through so much mental stress that it didn't like for me i didn't realize i was going through all that mental stress um And till this day, I strongly believe the aneurysm happened because of the stress that was building inside of me that I didn't, you know, that I was just in denial about. Um, Once I realized I was suffering inside with all the pain and emotions, I had to find a way to just get everything out. Um, I had to find, you know, an outlet where I can just release all my emotion, figure out how am I going to get through this? How am I going to stay strong for my daughter, for the family? Um, I mean, truthfully speaking, and I'll be honest about this now, if it wasn't for my daughter, I probably wouldn't be her. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, because I didn't, there was no strength in, in life. I mean, yes, I have my family, I have my parents, but there's got to be that one person that you fight to live for. And if it wasn't for my daughter, I don't think I would be fighting as hard as I did. I'm like getting goosebumps right now. (laughs) And I'm just like so,
1: God, you know, gosh, everyone. I mean, you, damn, this lady is strong. You are so strong, Kathy, and um, I, I truly commend you for... Well, first of all, just being here and, and sharing your story it's it's just it, and i'm, I'm actually and I'm, I'm and I'm actually so proud of you too for you. for doing what you're doing
2: I mean everyone has different situations in life everyone has different reasons for fighting um, for me it's you know having a, a daughter who is only at the age of seven lose her dad, and i'm the only person that she has left in her life it's hard to lose yourself it's hard to to just completely let yourself go knowing there's this little girl who really needs you so it's it's easy to say you know how I can see people falling out getting hooked on drugs becoming alcoholics not caring about life because they basically lost everything that they love. Uh, For me, that was where I had to say, no, like, I can't, I can't do this. You know, there's this little girl that needs me. It's not going to benefit anybody if I fall into any type of demon traps.
0: How would you say those events changed your relationship with your daughter?
2: I think for the most part, she is as strong as I am. She's seen what I've been through. She's, you know, seen me cry my heart out she's seen me um stood tall and block everything out even you know the simplest things as uh like comments that people make sometimes like oh uh be careful with her she's a two-time widow you know like just uh-huh. little comments that they make if i'm able to just block them off i've taught her that that you have to just be strong. Don't let anyone get you down, no matter what type of comments they make. Because at the end of the day, it's all about you. You take care of yourself. You worry about yourself. So with with all that, it it definitely has helped her.
0: I guess I wanted to kind of get into a little bit about what you remember going through um, your your brain aneurysm Mm -hmm. and was it, I don't know if it was as uh, kind of as uh, quick and dramatic as, um, as Kathy, you know, Kathy, my partner here was when she kind of just collapsed. Was it, um, was it kind of similar or very different from,
2: Um, I I think it was different. I didn't collapse um, when I had the aneurysm. So um, it, so let's backtrack to a week prior to the aneurysm. Okay. Um, I was working for a company that required a lot of traveling, and it was a 24-7 type of business. Um, you rarely sleep. You're always, you know, on emails, you're always checking everything that goes on. So I was actually doing a lot at the time for this company. And at the same time, I was planning my husband's one-year death anniversary. So just gathering, you know, people together, what we're going to do, hiring the monks, just getting everything prepared for that day. Um, So during my lunch hours, I would go for runs around the company, and these runs are about two, three miles during, you know, during our lunchtime. For two days in a row, I came back after my run with headaches. Mm. And they were pretty severe headaches, but I never thought anything of it because I've always had headaches all my life. And every time I get a headache, I would take an Excedrin and it would just go away. Mm. So honestly, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was normal, maybe... You know, I didn't eat or maybe it was a little bit, um, maybe it was too hot. So the headaches kind of triggered, maybe not enough water. There was just so many maybes, um, that I didn't really think about it. So on the day of the aneurysm, which happens to be a Monday. So we did his anniversary thing. We did the prayer service at home, went back to work on a Monday. Everything was fine. Um, I did my run again and I drove home from work that day. I decided, you know what? I'm going to go and change my clothes and go to the garage and work out because I have a home gym. So, mind you, I've already ran during my lunch and then I'm getting home from work, working out again. So.
0: And working 24 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. So call it crazy, but, you know, there was a lot of lack of sleep. There was a lot of three, four hours type of sleep throughout the nights. So here I am in my gym doing my normal thing, you know, working out. And I was laying on the bench and I was doing um, bench press. All of a sudden, the headache just kicked in and it was so severe that I knew, okay, something is wrong. It's not typical. Um, this headache was more of a, like someone stabbing me in the head with a pick over and over and over. Oh, wow. Um, and I can I can feel it that it was on the left side and it wasn't, you know, all around the head. It was towards just one side. So I went in the house. I took an Excedrin. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a shower, go to bed, hoping that, when I wake up, it'll be gone. Well, typically when I take an Excedrin, within 20 minutes, it's gone. I took a shower, laid down, nothing. It was still there. And it was probably worse. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents live with me. So I asked my mom to come sleep with me that night. And that you know, my parents went into this whole panic mode. Like, what do you mean? What? Why do I have to come sleep with you? I said, just in case anything goes wrong. Um, so, of course, my mom starts panicking. She comes in my room. She's laying there with me. I'm in a fetal position. It was hurting so bad, I didn't know what to do. So she says, okay, you have 15 minutes. If it doesn't go away, we're calling 911. Um because I live near Long Beach Memorial Hospital, um, you know, I told my dad, I said, Okay, let's let's just go. And this was after this was 10 minutes after I had that conversation with my mom. So my dad pulls the car up, I climb into the backseat, I'm in so much pain, I'm holding my head, um, I'm in a hoodie, and I have the hoodie over my head. Um, I was basically sensitive to the light. Um, This was probably around, I would say, 7-ish. And it was still a little bit light outside. It wasn't complete pitch dark. Got to the hospital. I'm crawling in the entrance. Uh, The nurses took me in right away because they can see that I'm in a lot of pain. The minute I went into the examination room, I started to vomit. And I started, you know, any type of hospital lights just completely blacked me out. Like, I I could not... Everything was just sensitive at this moment. So they knew something was terribly wrong. They just didn't know what it was. Um, They took me... And Long Beach Memorial Hospital there's usually like a eight to 10 hour waiting time for you to get seen by anybody. Oh, wow. (laughs) But luckily, yeah, but luckily they, they took me in right away because they can see that I was in excruciating pain. So they got me a bed. They um, started to do all the testing. They took me in to do my first CT scan and the, The ER doctor came back and told my mom, um, she can go home. It's just a migraine. Hmm. The CT was negative. After all that? Yeah. Because um, I guess when you're having a migraine, the symptoms are very similar Mm. to each other, to an aneurysm. You get the whole vomiting. You get the dizziness, sensitive to light. Head is pounding. Um so they said, you know, the CT came back negative. We didn't see anything. It's just a migraine. You can go home. Now, had I been one of those people that hated hospitals, I would have bounced so fast out of that room and in the car. But I knew something was wrong. I and and I couldn't fight that feeling that this is not normal. I know my body. There's definitely something wrong. So I, I you know, said to my mom, I said, I'm not leaving. They can call security. I'm, I'm not leaving this room. <laughs> um, and so all these doctors came in, started talking to each other, and they're like, okay, let's take her in for another scan. So they took me in for a CTA with contrast, and that's when they found the aneurysm yeah and but all this was within a day it, it happened really fast you know i i think because i was such a a, a b word that <laughs> that they were like uh this girl is not leaving you know but you know what i i, I have to say
1: that i'm hey if we need to be the big one the yeah. big b hey i i cannot tell Our listeners enough, whether you're a guy, girl, whatever, if you feel that there's something wrong and you're in the hospital and you got yourself there, you need to really be your own advocate. Yeah, clearly I could not be my 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 own advocate when I was at the hospital because I was unconscious right so thank goodness Rob insisted on getting me checked out and I, I'm really glad mm-hmm. that you were persistent and I, I'm telling our listeners right now you know your gut feeling is always the right feeling yeah. and if you know you feel strongly about something you just have to fight for it And, mm-hmm. it, you know and I, I hate to say this but a lot of times I feel you know Especially with us women, mm-hmm. they they don't take us very seriously no. when we have our, our headaches or when yeah. we have certain pains. It's like, oh, you know, I was told that maybe I was, you know, getting emotional and maybe mm-hmm. I was just too. I probably got stressed out and mm-hmm. riled up, where you know I got yeah. myself into this position. So good on you, Kathy, again for I mean, the, for speaking for yourself.
2: The the timing couldn't have been, you know, it, it everything just happened where you kind of talk yourself into maybe I'm just stressed out maybe I'm just tired maybe I'm just there's so much maybes in your head that you really don't know am I going through something serious or am I just tired and stressed out from everything that was going on and my mom who hates the hospital was like do you want to leave I'm like no you know, I'm in so much pain. I don't know how I can even leave. But had I gone home that night, I wouldn't be here today because my aneurysm already ruptured. That's why I was in so much pain.
0: Wow. Yeah. I was just thinking kind of the same thing where you could have easily just chalked it up to stress and yeah. and being tired. and yeah. said, okay, I will take my... Take more Excedrin and and try to sleep it off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, easily. And I I think anyone could have or would have done that. But you have to really, you know, listen to your body. And this was one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through this whole ordeal was you have to listen to your body and never second question anything. You always have to go and get it checked out or looked at, no matter how simple it may seem or, you know, your mind is playing tricks on you, whatever the case may be, get it looked at and get a professional opinion, whether you're normal or there's really something going on with you. You know, you can't neglect the signs that your body is showing you. And and, and it's the same thing as, you know, when we run, we get so tired, but we tend to push ourselves. Like, we want to just keep going. We want to be able to hit that five-mile mark under a certain period of time. But you have to take a step back and and understand you can't do stuff like that. There, Everyone gets tired. We're all human. You know, we can't just keep going and going. So the biggest take for me on this is I have to listen to my body. I can't be that, that crazy girl that I thought I was prior to everything that has happened thinking, you know what, I can conquer the world in one day and no one's going to stop me. I don't need to sleep. You know, three hours is sufficient enough with age and with everything else. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't.
0: (laughs) So did you go into surgery like the next day or
2: so? um, Once they found the aneurysm, they wanted to do additional testing just to confirm it Mm -hmm. is what they're seeing. Um, So after the CTA, they ordered an MRI. After the MRI, they ordered a spinal tap because they wanted to see, did it really ruptured? Mm-hmm. So if the liquid was pink, that means it already ruptured. There's blood in my stream. Um, so we had to go through all the testing, and everything was done fairly quickly. It was done in, like, uh, I got admitted into the hospital, what like seven-ish clock at night by the following day they pretty much finished all the testing they needed to do mm. um, so once they've concluded that okay she has a ruptured aneurysm we have to treat it um, you know they came into my room and spoke to my mom who her english is not very good so It was hard for her to understand what an aneurysm is, what it is that I was going through. So they talked to my two best friends who were there with me that day. And they said, you know, here are the options. We can either coil it or um, we can clip it. You know, here's the difference between the two. You guys Mm -hmm. talk it out and let us know what you want to do. My mom was fearful. She was like, just coil it, just bandage it. Don't, you know, don't go through surgery. And I thought about it and I said, you know, if it was meant for me to, to die, I wouldn't have gone this far. And I don't want to live with having to constantly worry about what's going to happen. Now, I know the situation may be different for a lot of other people. Where they don't want to go through the clipping, they want to go through the coiling because, you know, recovery, can your body handle it, your health conditions. There's so many factors to consider when it comes to which operation to take. Um, For me, again, here I am thinking I'm a superwoman. I can do anything. Um, Yeah, go ahead and split my head open. I mean, I'll probably survive it. (laughs) so so you know i i talked to my best friends and i'm like you know what just do the clipping Mm. i'm gonna risk it i'm gonna put faith in my hand and i'm just gonna go through the procedure whatever happens you know at the end of this ultimately it's my decision it's it's what i want and so we proceeded with surgery
0: So throughout this, you were conscious and thinking clearly, you know, because I think of this as like a pretty traumatic event for your brain, right? Um, Having a rupture, you know, a ruptured You you know what, Ashley,
2: my situation is different from Kathy because I I didn't pass out. I'm wide awake. I know everything that was going on. The only thing I did not know was what an aneurysm was. I didn't know what it was because I've never heard about it. I don't know anyone that has ever had it. So I didn't know how severe it was. I didn't know that I could have died in a split of a second. I had no idea. All I knew was, okay, my head is pounding. There's something wrong, but I don't know what it was. So for me, it wasn't. Um, I wasn't in an unconscious state of mind. I was very alert. I knew what was going on. I was just tired. I was drained and tired. And I just wanted them to do whatever they had to do to get me back to normal. But again, you have to remember, I've always been the type that thought I can conquer the world. So for me, it was like, uh, whatever. Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, whatever. Just do it, you know? No big deal. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, how long did it take you to recover? Oh, you know, after the surgery.
2: <laughs> how long do we have again? <laughs> I know. I'm kidding, I'm Kathy. Kidding, yeah, this is going to be a week conversation of podcasts. Um, <laughs> you know, truthfully, I didn't really ask the questions prior to surgery, how long recovery was going to take. Hmm. Because again, that mentality going into the hospital was, oh, this is nothing I'm just gonna go through surgery, go home, and I'll be back to normal. So, uh, when I got out of the hospital, I felt okay. I just felt tired. I felt, you know, dizzy, but I thought all of that was normal. I'm on so much medication, and you know, I did just get my head split open. So I, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it, and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'll be back to work in like six weeks. Don't worry. I kept telling my company that. And as the weeks went by, I realized I'm not getting any better. If anything, this is just getting worse. Like, I'm not feeling better. Um, I don't feel what I thought I should feel. So I started, you know, doing little research online, trying to find YouTube videos, trying to find articles. And everything just takes you back to the same old stuff. Oh, recovery is, you know, anywhere between eight to 12 weeks, you'll be okay, you'll be back to normal. And I thought, okay, is that for coiling? Is that for clipping? Why is it the same time frame when one is so invasive and one is so yeah. simple, right? So I started, you know, looking for videos on YouTube. To my surprise, there isn't many out there. There's a lot of videos of, you know, the operation but there's not a lot of videos of people talking about what they go through, what, you know, how long recovery took. So weeks went to months. Months went to almost a year. And it blew me because I had no idea recovery was going to take that long. Wow. I still thought in six weeks, I'll be back to work. Nothing has changed. But it lasted a little over a year.
0: What was it that you couldn't do or or how was it different from normal?
2: So I want to make it where the audience understand. I think for me, the recovery was not only the physical part of it, Mm -hmm. but it was the mental part of it that I believe took a lot longer. Now, in having surgery, I honestly think the recovery period for surgery is anywhere between, I would say, you know, three to six months Mm. before you can actually say, okay, I can function again, not as a normal person, but somewhat to that extent. But I think for me, during the recovery period, the whole mental part of it kicked in hard. Mm. Um, And when I say the mental part of it, it's the fact that The aneurysm happened on the exact same day my husband died a year ago. Wow. On the same day. Yeah. Wow. So for those reasons, I think the mental part of it kicked in harder for me during recovery period. Because you, you can't help but think, why did it happen on that same day? Was it meant for me to reunite with him? Was it, you know, you you just can't help those thoughts that run through your head. So I would say the first three to six months I was dealing with just the physical aspect of recovery, being able to, you know, walk, being able to um, be in public without getting overwhelmed, having anxiety, getting just dizzy. Um, I remember, you know, people would come over and they would try to take me out to eat just to get me out of the house because all I did was just stay in my room and and slept and eat and sleep and that's all I did. Mm -hmm. So they would come, they would take me to go eat and the whole time I would just put my head on the table because I was just so dizzy. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And so after a while, you're just like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to stay home. Don't don't bother coming anymore. Um, And then there were times where I thought, okay, I feel great. Let's go do something. Let's let's go out in public. Well, I picked the wrong place. They took me to a fair (laughs) where, (laughs) where there's thousands of people and I'm sitting in the middle of the fairground because I was so dizzy. I was having anxiety attacks. I was at the point where I'm like, you guys need to wheel me out because I can't walk. You know, so it, it was it was a lot of just the physical recovery. And then I would say the last six to 12 months uh, towards the end was more of the mental part of it. Dealing with, okay, how do I deal with all this emotion? How do I deal with all this pain? How do I deal with the anxiety attacks, the depression? Everything that was just hitting me all at once.
0: So how do you think you got through that? Or was there anything you can attribute it to?
2: Um, You know, I started doing a lot of research on just how to deal with the mental part of it. And I think that's why I am such a advocate when it comes to mental health now because I didn't really understood what it was when people say, I'm having an anxiety attack. The first thing you think of is, what are you anxious about? What are you so nervous about? It's nowhere near what we thought it was. So being in that situation and trying to find ways to understand what everything meant it took a lot of research for me to start the process so I didn't resort to the medication although I was prescribed all different kinds of medication I was prescribed all different kinds of drugs you know to calm my anxiety calm my depression I refused to take it there had to be a more natural remedy out there. there. There's just, people talk about it all the time. There has to be. It's just a matter of, are you strong enough to go through it? So I started with, you know, the simple things like, and I'm fortunate that I live 10 minutes from the beach. So I would go out there for walks. And it started with just walking less than half a mile for like the first month or so until I started building the endurance to go longer but it was um it was a combination of you know going for walks um researching on what type of natural supplements there are that is Mm -hmm. good for the brain that boosts your serotonin level that you know changes your your mood um so I started ordering all kinds of different supplements online. I started taking them. I was journaling all my emotions. I was journaling like what was really bothering me. Why is it affecting me so much? Are these things that I can control? Um, you know, And just reading about anxiety and understanding what it really is and what it does to you. And I realized it can't control you. You can control anxiety and it's all mind over matter. So um, understanding that I started to incorporate just doing yoga Mm. into my routine for, you know, the breathing technique, um, the letting go of certain things in that moment, in that transition. Um, So from there. I started, you know, doing um, simple things like crossword puzzles or um, just, you know, or I, I went and I ordered three sets of 1,000 pieces puzzle. Oh. And I would sit on my bed and I would put them together. <laughs> and it took me months to do these puzzles. But everyone's like, are you crazy? I say, you know what, this is the one time that I'm not thinking. That my mind is just blank, you know, so for me it's just it's a little bit of everything it's it's a mixture of everything put together, it's a mixture of you're you're not weak for reaching out for help um, towards the middle of it where I started to incorporate the working out, the yoga, the journaling, you know, the, the supplements, all of that. I realized I needed more. This wasn't enough. Because in between those moments, my mind is still going crazy. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still having my anxiety attacks. I'm still going through, you know, the depression where there are nights where I feel like, you know what, I can end all this right now. I don't have to deal with this anymore. It can just all end tonight. It'll be all over, you know, and everyone would just move on with life. And I realized, you know, I have medical insurance. There has to be some sort of way where they'll cover for mental health. That's when the true journey of understanding mental health started. Because I called so many numbers on the directory, and no one wanted to accept my insurance. Everybody Mm. wanted cash for treatment.
0: Huh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, and I got so frustrated, I went to my healthcare provider office, and I said, okay, this is what's going on. This is the type of help that I'm seeking, but I'm not getting any assistance at all. So they decided to call for themselves, and they got the same answers. (laughs) You know, and and the lady looked at me, and she says, oh, my God, I did not realize this. And I said, you know what? Our system is really corrupted. Like, it's unbelievable what I'm trying to do, you know, to get help, and I can't even get help. So finally, I found um, a facility that was able to take me in. I met an amazing psychiatrist who... Was so helpful. Um, She, you know, I met with her once a week. Um, We have about an hour session. We, you know, she dug really deep. She dug so deep that every time I leave her office, I'm just in tears because I, I can't believe how much she was able to get out of me. Yeah. Um,
0: A lot of unpacking, I guess, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so. You know, she taught me a lot of different method and techniques on how to deal with an anxiety attack, how to ground yourself, how to take control of the situation in the moment. So it really, really helped. And I saw her for about 10 months, 10 months, every single week for 10 months and i was excited to go see her because it made a difference. you know, it made so much of an impact in my life.
0: our uh, our listeners can definitely take away so much from this. i think just that journey. i mean, that to me that's kind of a journey that you yeah. it took you to get to where you are now. yeah. so yeah, definitely thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. i just uh before we we do, and I, I do have some rapid fire questions, mm-hmm. kind of get to know you a little bit more. You can elaborate, but it will be just kind of, I'll try to keep the questions brief. Okay. First question is, so when you run, would you say you're running from something or towards something nowadays?
2: I would say towards something. I think when I run, it's more of a self-accomplishment. So I'm running towards a goal that, you know, it, it takes you back to when you first start running. You know, you can barely hit a mile in like 10 minutes. It, it would take me 15 minutes to hit a mile. And people would laugh at me and say, that's how long it takes me to walk a mile. I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't, you know. Yeah. But as you progress and as you start to run, you start to see those numbers decrease. And your, your timing has gotten better through the weeks. So every time I set my feet out there, I'm running towards another goal, being able to beat the last goal or being able to beat the last time.
0: Yeah. Um, So when is your favorite time to run or time of day to run and why?
2: I would say after work because running is an outlet. Mm -hmm. It's where I find peace. It's where I let go of the crazy day. It's where I don't think. I just run
0: nowadays when life gets overwhelming what do you what do you do to kind of clear your head or reset
2: meditation uh. yeah i've gotten so when i was uh seeing this therapist we had gone through a few meditation sessions. and i the first time i said to her i don't know how anyone can do this it is the hardest thing to do and she looked at me and she says why I said, how do you free your mind of all these thoughts when you're meditating? You know, the, the minute I sit down and she rings that bell, there's like 10,000 things running through my head. What am I going to eat today? What time am I going to pick this up? What am I going to eat tomorrow? What am I going to do tomorrow? It's just constantly rolling. And I had to find a way to just block everything out. And it was hard. But it's become something that I find so peaceful and so worth doing, whether you have five minutes in the day, two minutes in the day. It really sets the tone to your mood. And for me, it, it takes that negativity to a positive place.
0: Uh, where would you say your happy place is? It does, you know, not necessarily My a room. location. My <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you were going to say the beach Uh
2: because if you check her instagram
1: it's all beachy it
2: (laughs) It, it really is um i i think now i have to say my room because i've recently redecorated my entire room to where it caters to me so i have everything in my disposal i have a cute little area where i can lay out my yoga mat Lit a candle and just relax and sync my music with the TV and have my yoga music on the background. Home is where I feel safe. And especially for, you know, people like us who have gone through something this major, home is where you feel safe. It's where you know whatever happens under these roofs, someone is going to be there for us, right?
0: What advice do you have for someone going through, you know, facing kind of a personal setback?
2: I think at the end of the day, you know, we're always tested. Our abilities are tested. Life is never going to be fair. There's always going to be curveball. I think my biggest advice is, and I know this is probably cliche to say, but to be as strong as you possibly can be, so mind over matter, if you consistently talk to yourself and tell yourself you can do certain things, it will happen i don't know it's kind of hard <laughs> to explain oh, i i i i i got it i, I got the gist of it, but
1: uh, yeah, no, that was good no i I'm just If if you guys could see me right now, whenever (laughs) Kathy talks, I'm just like, (laughs) my mouth kind of (laughs) drops. And I'm like, damn, you know, she's so freaking strong,
2: man. Anyways.
0: Do you have any parting words for our listeners before we close this podcast?
2: No, just to thank you guys for giving me like a platform to, you know, and I've always told Kathy this from day one was... Thank you for giving me that platform to talk about my story, my journey. Um, You know, for me, it's not about educating people on aneurysm, but I think it's more of educating people on the mental health part of it, what you go through after that, and that all things are possible and you can overcome anything. I mean, if I can overcome what I've been through, you know, we can all overcome Anything from a death in the family to losing a job. You know, my best friend always says to me, um, nothing lasts forever. Every time. And I can't tell you how many times I text her in the day telling her, oh, I feel like this. I, you know, why is this happening to me? And I would complain and I love her to death because there's not a time where she'll say, you know what? Don't text me anymore with this. I'm tired of hearing it. Never once does she ever say that to me. But the one thing that she always says to me, and it resonates with me now, is nothing lasts forever. Whether, you know, you're going through a depression, you're going through being heartbroken, you're going through whatever it is you're going through, it doesn't last. Nothing lasts forever. Tomorrow is a brand new day. If you found, if you had a job and you lost a job, you're going to find another one because you found that other one in the first place. If you've been heartbroken, someone is going to come along and love you even more than you've ever thought you could ever be loved. So I think for me, being strong is knowing that nothing lasts forever. Things will get better. It cannot get any worse than this. Something has to turn for the better. And so I'm hopeful, you know, do I have hope that I will find someone in my life? Yeah. Do I have faith that things will turn out? Of course. You know, but it's, it's waking up with that positive attitude, positive mentality to get through the day is what you really need. That was beautiful. (laughs) Write a book already. (laughs)
0: wow thank you so much Kathy you welcome this, thank you for having me you have been so gracious with your time and, and just being candid with your yeah. with sharing your story uh, I think hopefully all our listeners I mean I'm sure they will take something out of this yeah. so thank I hope you so. and to all our listeners thank you so much for joining us today we will have Kathy's social media information in our show notes and we will catch you on the next one
1: Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast. You can find show notes and other episodes as well as articles from Kathy and many of our contributors on werunwithyou.org. You can connect with us on social media at We Run with You on Instagram and Facebook. Kathy Cow is at cat underscore journey number two fit on Instagram. Until next time, keep doing good.